Yes, sports radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college shooters do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh, yes we do. Talking sports, uh, it's for you. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tal Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up. Let's talk some sports. It's Monday, baby. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, you could email us, Today at gmail.com. Check out the website, rayandtaytoday.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just get at us. We are here it's a busy day. It's a big football day. We got NFL, college, some, some, some basketball. We'll start with the NFL. But, Ray, before we get into Sunday night and all the drama with everything, just a little something different. We don't normally talk about it on the show, but this is like a pop, a new style pop culture icon. Ronda Rousey lost this weekend in the UFC, and it's like the Twitterverse and Internet and everybody almost collapsed because – she doesn't lose, and the homegirl in Australia, like, drop-kicked her in the throat, and it was a wrap, and people were going crazy, positive, negative, compassion, pity. I don't know. What do, what do you think about that? Is it, um, is it shocking? You know what? That's like, the response? No, see, well, the response is a little shocking, but that sport, you will never have a Money Mayweather or a Rocky Marciano, you know, 49 right, type of thing. <laughs> you could just so easily get caught, you know, with a leg, a round kick to the head, or you know what I mean? You could so easily get caught and and just get dropped. So even if you're the best Or put in one of those business, holds, you know, those holds right. that make you beg for mercy. Yeah, so I just think that, the you know, it's funny because everybody says how dominant she was. Now, she was a judo champion, right? She's not some some woman off the street. She, she's got skills. She was an Olympic gold medalist in Beijing in 2008. But it just shows you in that sport you better ride the wave while you can because you're not going to be undefeated. I mean, there's no men that go undefeated. No women are going to go undefeated. It's just too... Uh, too much can go wrong. So she was 12-0, and 0, and everybody put her up as this best athlete, you know, invincible. I'm like, wait a minute, she only won 12 well, matches. They, they got carried away, and they even tried they to compare carried. her and talk smack about her and Layla Ali or compare her to Mayweather. And I'm like, wait a minute, chill out, just because she's an entourage and yada, yada, yada. And it was a lot of ESPN hype, and, of course, Fox is behind UFC. So the, she's been hyped everywhere. And, you know, she's, you know, for some people, somewhat attractive. So that was the whole thing. But, yeah, they, I think they took it too far. But it was interesting to see, I mean, even like Lady Gaga and other people came out almost like happy that she lost. And then other people were sort of like such compassion and pity. But it was funny because Dan Levitar this morning was saying, well, you shouldn't pity her because you don't, you don't really pity other women that lose or other athletes. Right, it's just the 11, she's become this girls that she beat. I mean, are you pitying them right, too? Right, right. It's yeah, it's kind of funny. I guess she became such the pop culture, people didn't want to see her get hurt, even though she was hurting people. So it's kind of funny. It's like a weird, you know. But she's such a herself. She's such an athlete. I think Lebertar's point was she's such an athlete. She wouldn't want someone's past pity. You know what I mean? Which I can respect because like she wants to be thought of as a fighter, and fighters yeah, lose. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. So, and you anyway, know what? She'll yeah. be fine. She's still going to stay on the cover of the EA Sports, you know, UFC 2. She's still coming out with some <laughs> movies. She'll be all right. Don't worry about Ronda. Ronda will be all right. <laughs> she, she, she's doing big things. She's definitely doing big things. Well, let's talk about football. And you talk about Week 10, and it ends tonight. We'll predict Monday night and then moving forward to Week 11, Thursday night after we get through yesterday. But last night, some big things happen. And I don't know. I know you've been slow to jump on this bandwagon, but I got to say, I think two things. Carson Palmer threw his hat in the MVP race, and the Cardinals kind of almost bullied the bully and said, we'll take your shot 
and then we'll drive methodically down the field, throw a touchdown to Gresham. We're doing it without a potty there who got hurt and without our fastest receiver, John Brown, and we're still going to handle you. 39-32, Cardinals win. How impressed were you? Because I felt like they took Seattle's best shot, and it didn't really phase them, and they came right back and won the game. So I agree with what you're saying 100%, and I really do need to start giving Carson Palmer some credit. I mean, I think he, he's something like 13-2 and two as a starter in his last – remember, because they collapsed last year and lost the division, but he was hurt. And he is really just – I mean, you know who he is? He's hes not not the same game, but Kurt Warner. I mean, this guy was the number one overall pick, and he came from USC and whatever. But but just in his – call it the, the, the final third of his career, Carson Palmer is just the mature, you know, general that everybody thought he'd be when he was the number one overall pick coming out of USC. And give him credit, he's, his game has matured, his, he's always had an arm, he's always had the, 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 the tangibles, right. but now he's got the intangibles as well. So you're absolutely right, this kid needs to be along with Andy. Now he's got two losses, but he's got to be up there with you know maybe, maybe a half a notch behind Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, and Tom Brady, and Brady. You know, yeah. in, the, in the MVP race. And, and a lot of people have been talking about Gronkowski needs to be up there, too. We'll talk about that as well. But, yeah, credit, credit yeah. all credit is due to Arizona and also to, uh, um, you know, Carson Palmer. And you know what? Something's not right in Seattle. They just are no. missing something. It's a little – and they've been in every game. They're not getting blown out. And it's out. both sides of the ball, right? It's not, it's not just the O-line, which is the easy thing to point out. But the defense, when they, I, they said something crazy. Like the la- they don't, there was, I don't even know the last time they gave up 32 points at home. It surely hasn't been any time recent. And so, you know, that's the thing where it's obviously the offensive line. Your boy, Russell, is running for his life. They can't really run the ball. Marshall Falk made a great point last night. Like, Beast mode or even Rawls, they're doing a great job just to get three yards because they were behind negative two and had to carry through to get to the three-yard game. So it's like they're running for five and it's only a plus three. And the offensive line is atrocious. Graham is proving that it's not worth it if you don't have an O-line to pay for him and pay for Russell because you need the O-line to win. And it kind of went away from their philosophy, and it started the night of last year's Super Bowl when you tried to pass it in the end zone and not run it. And since then, they've gotten away from smash-mouth football on the O-line, and I think it's going to bite them in the bullet. They're fighting Ray to stay alive in this playoff race, if you want to be honest. Of you course, know. this was a big game. The difference between four and five and five and four, you know, A, they lost the division, right? Uh, unless Carson Palmer gets hurt again, they're not winning that division. So they're no. really fighting for the wild card. And you've got to figure that the Green Bay, even though they lost three in a row, but the Green Bay-Minnesota loser is probably going to get one of those wild cards, right? And, and then i got to so, hope they catch Atlanta and Washington. Yeah, you've got a couple <laughs> of other, you know, teams. They're not that strong. Do you know they're 11th so, yeah. right now? Can you imagine they're 11th in the NFC right now? I'm looking at the rankings. Philly's St. 10. Louis could the Rams are 9. Tampa, yep. Washington, Tampa. and Atlanta. Now, you feel Atlanta's fading. They're, you know, we'll see next week. They're coming off the bye. This is the last week of the byes coming up. Uh, what, Giants, Steelers, a uh, couple other teams. So, you know, this is the week 11 is the last week of the byes. But, you know, look, you're not, you're not scared of Philly. I mean, we'll get into the games uh, this week, but Seattle really has got to go on a winning streak where no matter what, they've got to try to finish 10-6. and six. They can only lose one more game, if we're being honest. 9-7 and seven might make it, but I tell you what, the way they're playing, they can't even defend their home field. Uh, you know, so what do they Oof. do well? Who are they? Right. Besides the fact that they went to two straight Super Bowls, who are the Seattle Seahawks? If you're really looking at it objectively, they're not the running team they used to be. They're not the defensive juggernaut they used to be. They're, I mean, they did score you know, on defense yesterday, but they, they almost missed their identity. Who are they? You're right, and they, don't, they actually don't pass the ball too well. You know, I mean, there's Despite not a real number. 
And despite right, and there's no you know, Russell Wilson wonder- being in his third year. Uh, okay, I want to ask you a question that could be, you know, some people could take it however they want to take it. Is R- Russell Wilson overrated? And maybe overpaid? You know, it's hard to call him <laughs> overrated because of the guy did the two straight Super Bowls and, and, and won one and a half of them. <laughs> I like to say that. <laughs> um, we know, or at least I, I've always said, that he's not physically, you know, Andrew Luck. Now, Andrew Luck's made a lot of lot – of, uh, let's say Aaron Rodgers, right? Let's say he's not physically Aaron Rodgers, right? So he's not going to put up – 4,000 yards, and he's not going to do amazing things with his arm in the pocket, even outside the pocket. But what he does do is he leads teams, he wins close games, he makes really smart decisions, and he always keeps you in the game. You you realize Russell Wilson, he's he's always had a great defense, but Russell Wilson never gets blown out. Russell Wilson will lose games. But Russell Wilson will not lay an egg, and Russell Wilson's teams will not get blown out. So is he overrated? I don't think anybody at least, you know, said that, oh, he's definitely a top-five quarterback. Now, he's getting paid like it, but but you know what? His record uh, has earned it. So I don't think he'll ever be an Aaron Rodgers, even an uh, an Andrew Luck, in in that category of, of kind of that pure, prototypical quarterback. But what he does do, if... See, the thing, here's the double standard. If winning and losing is disproportionately put on the shoulders of the quarterback, then you've got to give Russell Wilson all the credit in the world because he finds a way. He's not going to throw for 4,000 yards. He's not going to be the most prolific passer in the game, but he will win you games. Russell Wilson will not be the reason you don't win games. Russell Wilson will take you to Super Bowls and win you Super Bowls. So in that respect, he can't be overrated. I think that's a great assessment, and it's probably fair. But I think when you stop running as much and you give him that money and then you give him a number one receiving tight end, you need to see some two-touchdown games, some 100-yard receiving games, and, and that's you're right. just not happening. You're right. You raised that's the bar. You, you signed $20 million contracts. You bring the second best tight end in the league on your team. You've been to two Super Bowls. You, you've been with <sighs> Dallas Bevel for, for three years now. You're right. The bar is the bar is higher, Russell. You know, you can't just yeah. can't be okay with being so, five and, and throwing for, you know, 150, 200 yards. Yeah, no, definitely. So let's let's move on to the other Sunday afternoon game, Sunday night. And and as we say goodbye to Sunday night football, uh, our Cardinals will be back there next Sunday against the Bengals. So, you know, strap your boots up for that one. That could be a classic as well. And Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd, wow, balling out. That, and Chris Johnson, it's good, it's good to see, good to see. What's not good to see, Ray, is what happened in Denver yesterday. <sighs> 29-13, I thought the Chiefs would play tough. They handled them really well the first game, and Jamal Charles fumbled away the victory. Andy Reid, 14-2, and now 15-2 and after the buys, but nobody really saw this coming. So we knew he had some foot issues. Then Saturday, the ribs, he comes on the injury report, but you're like, okay, well, he's still playing, so okay. Sanders was not going to necessarily go. He played but was not healthy, then got hurt again, whatever. But to set the record, not first of all, the first pass was the duck interception, but then to set the record to Ronnie Hillman and then only have four other completions after that and then have another three more interceptions for four interceptions. He's got 17 on the season and nine touchdowns. It was a sad day to see the great Sir Peyton Manning look like and it wasn't just – I mean, yes, he's injured. But to me, it's this has just been slowly like this boulder coming down a hill. And you feel like some of it's injury and some of it's age. And they already announced Brock is starting. He's got, you know, plantar fasciitis, but he's got the partial tear, which hurts more than the full tear. I know our boy Edgar was suffering with that, so I know it's painful, and I know people have had it, and foot pain is no joke. But – 
I got to ask you, can Brock get them to a Super Bowl and will Brock have to be the quarterback at least for another couple weeks until he's really healthy or potentially for the rest of the season? So the best thing going for them are winning all those early close games. They're seven and two, <laughs> and there's two teams behind them at four and five: the Raiders and the Chiefs. And since they split with the Chiefs, they don't really have to worry about the Chiefs on a tiebreaker. So the Broncos will be fine. They'll be in the playoffs. They probably won't be a top two seed. That looks like now it's almost in stone. It's going to be Cincinnati and New England. So Denver's yeah. going to be playing. So they're that playing for weekend. three or four. Yeah. yeah, they're playing for three or four. They're playing for that first weekend home game against the uh, you know five or six wild card teams, right? Maybe the Jets, maybe the Steelers. Right now, whoever. that's Pittsburgh and Buffalo. And right now, with Brock or banged up, not healthy Manning, Pittsburgh or Buffalo could go into Denver and win. Those two teams offensively are dangerous. The way it's set up, they just have to win with four and five chasing you, right? You just have to go ten and six, maybe even nine and seven. But let's say ten and six wins you the division. So all you have to do is go three and four in the next seven. And I haven't pulled up their record, but their schedule. But the thing to keep in mind here is we talked about this off air. Will Peyton Manning ever be healthy? Because you can sit him, and I'm all for sitting. And sit him this week, sit him next week. You know, sit him almost until you have, you know, only a one-game advantage over, you know, the Raiders or the the, uh, Chiefs. But some of this, it just won't come back. But I do think that Peyton's enough of a a competitor. And granted, he's making like $25 million, but I can't say that he came back all for the money. I mean, you've got to think that this guy had some pride and – I wouldn't believe that he would come back if he was in such physical just disarray. So i got to think that throughout the season so far, he's gotten worse, which maybe a week or two or three of not playing gets him better. He doesn't use his legs anyway, so it's not like stamina is a huge deal for for him. it's, It's important for everybody, but not that much for a guy like Peyton Manning. So you know what? Let Brock Osweiler... Play first of all, you got to see if if you even like him because Peyton's not going to be back next year, right? And Brock's and a free think, agent, so they need yeah, to learn as about. As long him. as you get to be ten and six, you'll win the division, you'll host a playoff game, and you'll take it from there. And any time you have that D, if they're healthy, and Peyton Manning in Denver against anybody, right? The Jets, the Steelers, the Bills, whatever. I'm still okay with that. So you know. All you got to do is try your best to get him healthy. I think that's your number one objective if you're Denver. And, and thankfully, you have a three-game lead on everybody else. That's a huge help. You know, I mean, I tell you, Indianapolis will win this division by default. You know, we'll talk about Monday night. I can't see the Texans or Jaguars challenging them, but – you know, it's a shame sometimes it's almost like the Western Conference, right, with the records and the Eastern Conference of basketball because you could debate that Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and then let's say the Jets potentially are better or even the Chiefs are better than the Colts right now. And so, you know, they shouldn't be able to be in the playoffs just by division or even Oakland Raiders. Oakland Raiders, to me, are a more complete team than the Colts Right now, the way that they're playing with that offense, you know, the defense took a little hit. We'll talk about that. So let's look at, well, let's talk about it right now. Perfect segue, you know, going back to the afternoon games, 30 to 14. Now, I, I, I smelled the pencil, the lead of the, the beginning of your I'm sorry letter to the Vikings, who are now the NFC North leaders, and they host the Packers this week. Wow, Ray. I mean, AP, 203 yards decided to say, you know what, I got this game. We're going to the road. We're playing a very solid Oakland team, and I'm going to bring us home. And that's what an all-pro Hall of Fame running back does. He says, I can get you one to four games a season by just being so explosive, and that's what he's done this week. And I applaud the Vikings, and guess what? Zimmer's got the defense going, man. The Raiders are explosive. They got 35 on the Steelers, you know, and you were killing me about talking about the Steelers' defense, which played pretty good this week, but 
you were right because the Raiders' offense is explosive and the Vikings on the road shut them down. How impressed are you with Minnesota now and what they did? Very. I have to say that, you know, this team in the beginning couldn't figure out how to utilize Adrian Peterson and was relying on Steady B, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Teddy B, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Two Gloves. <laughs> In the long run, I think that Teddy Bridgewater still has limitations, but between the defense and Adrian Peterson, they're figuring out a formula to win these games. Now, keep and in no, mind, no interceptions. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Keep 14 for 22, what, like 160 yards, no interceptions. Keep in mind, though, I, yeah, I still question how they can do this against elite teams. So they've Definitely. been beating up on some, you know, some, some just okay team. I mean, Oakland is up and coming, but they're not quite there yet, even though De- Derek Carr did throw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, but he had two interceptions. So, like you said, I think the the thing that's pushing uh, Minnesota over the edge towards being a, a really good team is that defense. And, you know, Norv Turner that's is trying to implement his principles on offense, but all throughout the season that defense has been there. And so that defense, if they continue to play, you know what? Uh, you got to be worried if you're a Packer fan. I mean, we'll talk about that game next. The three in a row, first time since '08 that they've lost three in a row. And then to losing in, in Lambeau, you got to be worried. Their wide receivers can't get open. It's funny because Aaron Rodgers still doesn't throw interceptions. <laughs> so if you look at Aaron Rodgers, that he's not the problem. Right, even in a bad game, even when they lose, he's still not. The mistakes aren't his. He's not making the mistakes. The problem is, maybe he's too cautious, and and maybe he needs to throw an interception or two and force the issue a little bit because his team scores 16 at home, and and like Aaron Rodgers said, we only needed to score 19 in Lambeau. You trying to tell me that the Green Bay wouldn't take that every day of the week to score 19 points at home? And they only you know, 48, 16. It's, it's bad. Because to me, you know, I mean, since we're kind of talking about it, the Lions, they're not, you know, I mean, Calvin played hurt, you know, and had a big game. And, you know, give Detroit credit. I mean, they have had such a bad season. They haven't won there since 91. Barry Sanders, Eric Kramer, they had no business, you know, winning 18-16 and, you know, but special teams. And the Packer, you know what it is? This Packer team, they're not doing the little things right. They're not closing games. They're not converting third downs. And then the tackling. So you're seeing these little things that are falling apart, and it's, it's coming to bite them. And to lose three in a row, you know, granted the other two were big-time teams, but to lose two in a row, you know, now to lose at home and to Detroit in your division – against a team that they let's be honest they've been one of the worst if you know top 3 bad teams in the league all year so that's a bad loss it's a bad loss and they have to go to Minnesota and put the stank on the Vikings next week and I don't know if they can do it James Starks is doing his best but Eddie Lacy's not healthy and let's be honest Captain Mutterlink and the boys in that secondary the Vikings they can cover the the the, the Packers receivers and if you're just relying on Starks to basically carry you, you're not going to run. Anthony Barr will eat him up. I don't see the pack. I will talk about it on Friday. I don't see how they could do it. I really well, don't. And I think so, one of the things we're finding yeah. out is the Packers' wide receivers are not that good. They can't get open in one-on-one press coverage. Randall Cobb can't get open. Uh, James Jones is a reason why he was acquired by yeah, so cheap. Yeah, you know what well, I mean. Yeah. So these guys are, are really system guys, and you needed you need a Jordy Nelson to blow the top off the defense. You know what you need? You need Jeff Janis and Ty Montgomery to really develop, and they haven't, and they haven't stayed healthy. And Ty Montgomery's got that speed to go over the top, and it just hasn't happened yet. So you know that's a shame. But what's not a shame is Myers for fifty three after the dumbest penalty ever from Zoomerville, oh and it's good. And the are Jaguars, ladies me? and gentlemen, twenty two twenty. The Ravens are you know I can't stand them. Just a complete mess. Nobody will get fired. It's a solid solid organization, but this is the you know the price of veterans retiring and overpaying for Flacco, and it just happens. You know this happens. Teams can't be good forever. They've been good for what, 13 years, a decade or so? They got, what, two Super Bowls out of this run? 
you know, with Ray Lewis. And so, you know, it's just time. And so they need a couple of drafts, not next year, but two years. Maybe they'll be back with Flacco being a little bit more mature. But you've got to applaud the young Jaguars. And you know what? Bortles has got to stop the interceptions. But him and Allen Robinson and Yeldon and Hearns, Ray, Julius Thomas getting in action, you got to be impressed with Bortles and Gus Bradley, you know, showing the back hair. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's very impressive. Marquise Lee, if he stays healthy and could start to develop, this is a team with weapons that still needs, uh, I would say, two drafts to make the playoffs and a couple more free agent signings, you know, because their defense is vulnerable and some more offensive line. And then the Jaguars could be a legitimate franchise that might not actually have to move to London. So kudos to them, you know. Props to the Jags. Yeah, props to the Jags, and put them in the same category as the Oakland Raiders. These are two teams Mm. on offense that I'd like to keep an eye on for the next couple years. I mean, it seems to be that all the skill position players are young. They're all about the same age, within two, three years of each other, and they're all going to grow up together, and hopefully they can keep all those free agents. But I'd love to see Yeldon and Hearns and Robinson and Bortles along with, you know, Carr and, and uh, Cooper and, and this kid, um, uh, the running back, uh, they've got Murray, a bunch yeah, of, Latavius. Uh, yeah, Latavius Murray. They've got a bunch of young kids that can grow up and hopefully become, you know, dynamic big three, big fours, like we've seen, you know, in San Francisco and Dallas and, you know, in, in other places. Definitely. Well, in Pittsburgh, it was just, uh, spanking 30 to 9 I'll say this you know props to Ben because not too many guys can play injured the way that he does and sometimes he's a hero to most and tries to do too much but you know being sort of the number two quarterback I thought it was a mistake to have him even you know if he really needed the two weeks rest but Landry gets hurt early and 22 for 33 I mean, come on, 379 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. The Browns' defense and organization has got to be – they're worse than the Lions because Manziel's not the answer. And I'm officially going to throw my hand up and say that. But there are no other answers. There's not really – you know, you got Duke Johnson. You have a decent offensive line. You're hoping you can keep Alex Mack. He might want to leave. You know, you don't really have receivers. Travis Benjamin's got talent, but he's at best a two. And it's just hard. It's hard for a great sports town to to suffer and to see them. And, look, Gilbert, your draft pick can't stay healthy. The secondary, Hayden, Gibson, everybody's hurt. They've been hurt all season. There's nothing they can do. And Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in football. Now, he's not Dez or Julio, physical specimen, but he's, you know, 10 for, what do you do, 10 for 139, two right. touchdowns. The kid, is, he's, and, he's just and a boy, beast. Tave, just, Tave, Martavius was right uh, next to him know. at six for 178. Wait, wait, you got to tell them. I, I remember I, I told you draft day when he was picked out of Clemson as the number two receiver right behind Watkins over there. I was like, this kid is a problem. I love him. Great steal for the Steelers. And, Ray, it has really shown up. He is, I mean, 178, a touchdown, six receptions. Do you, if you're Cleveland, do you throw your hat in the ring to trade for Cutler or Stafford if they'll, you know, be had? Maybe, you know, do you try to see if you could get a, 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 you know, rejuvenate RG3 or Kaepernick. What's the next step? Because McCown's not the answer. And they need receivers. Signing Hartline and Dwayne Bowe was a waste of time and money. Andrew Hawkins, we hope he's okay. He got out of the hospital in Pittsburgh. You know, Gary Barnage is a real tight end. So you build around Benjamin Barnage and Duke Johnson. You might not ever get Josh Gordon. What else do you do with this team? Like, how do you fix Cleveland? blow it up i think you really need to um you have a couple of good pieces you were starting to build that defense and, and mingo is also starting to play better uh you still got you say blow it up do you healthy. trade joe thomas to get like something good for him that type of blow up yeah you might have to you Oof. might have to because think about it you're you're always going to be competing 
nowadays with with a pretty young uh, Cincinnati Bengals team, and then Pittsburgh when they're healthy, and you got you can't think the Ravens will be down all the time, right? This this is an anomaly. So the Ravens really never recovered from losing Ray Rice. So your neighborhood is always going to be tough. And those franchises have stability, and they have talent, and they're pretty good right now. So to me, status quo, making a tweak here, a tweak there, you're going to finish third or fourth in that division for the next five to ten years. So you really need to do something, and maybe Joe Thomas is a luxury right now. Maybe you can get three or four good players, a draft pick or two. I don't know. Uh, and I don't know that Joe Thomas – I mean, you'd love to keep Joe Thomas, but they have so many holes to fill that offense hasn't been good in 20 years. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon had one good year a few years ago. Uh, and Kevin right. Winslow and Derek Anderson had a good year maybe 10 years ago. But Wait, answer me this. Do you play Manziel for the rest of the season? To just figure out if he there's did anything there. He for 372. I mean, a lot of it was garbage time, and, and, know, and but the it's, score was already yeah. determined. The outcome was already determined. It's misguided stats, right? You yeah, can't, like, it is. You can't develop it like from those type of stats. It's you know, you got nine points. So what do all those yeah. yards mean when you got nine points? We'll leave that alone. We'll leave that alone. Uh, not much to say about this game. Tannehill is a mess. Sam Bradford's hurt. He's a mess. Sanchez comes in, and he's Sanchez still. I don't know why they had the faith to keep him. He's a mess, throws the pick. The Eagles lose. I don't know. I don't know how they lost this game. They they shot themselves in the foot all day. They could not convert anything. It, it was an ugly game. Both teams didn't want to win it, and Miami gets the win I don't have anything else to say. Neither of these teams are going anywhere, and I don't know what the direction is of Miami. I feel like they're both sort of close, but they're sort of stuck, right? They're they're like uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers of the 80s in basketball. They're just going to be good and go to the first round of playoffs and lose. That's the ceiling for these guys. So where do you see this situation for either either team? Can Philly still get it together and win the NFC East? They can only because nine and seven could win you the division, right? The Giants but clearly the Giants out. play better every week. Clearly the Giants play better, right? The Giants over sixty minutes. The Giants put together more good minutes than anybody else in that division, right? Yeah. Uh, Washington had a great game. Um, you know the Giants. You like that? You like that? <laughs> we gotta get. <laughs> We'll talk about it. We got to give, but tell me about Philly, and then we'll get to Kirk because we got to give Kirk some props. You know what? I still don't know how to evaluate Chip Kelly and his system, especially on offense. And I'm waiting for the day when you know that supercharged offense kicks in and he starts to score, you know, thirty-five, forty points on a regular basis. But they've been so inconsistent, and maybe it's Bradley, uh, uh, Bradford, sorry, and maybe it's the offensive line, and maybe it's uh, DeMarco Murray going getting off to that horrible start. He's picking up a little bit, um, not being a right fit even for that system. Ryan Matthews being a better and Sproles being better fits. But uh, you know what, Philly is. I think that experiment's going to end soon, actually. I think Brian Kelly's tenure in Philly is going to be over soon. I think they gave him too much power, too much authority, and to just finish 8-8, eight and eight, uh, I, don't think, I don't think that's that's going to go over that well. Wow, so you're ready to move on. Uh, I think so. I think so. I think it's time to go back to... Now, Bradford might miss a week or two, so it's not total tragic. I guess they wait and see with the shoulder. I haven't heard any word. I don't know if anything's come across SportsCenter, but it's a mess. Washington, you can't figure them out. And and, and for fantasy fans, you've got to be frustrated because after five weeks of nothing for Alfred Morris, he has a good game, and I already dropped him, so I'm pissed. 47-14, the Saints are ridiculous. You can only rely on Breeze and Brandon Cooks, I guess, for fantasy. They're on by this week with the Steelers and Giants, and I guess it's the Colts or no somebody else. I forgot the fourth team. It doesn't matter. But it's 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 so frustrating. They, they said they're not going to fire Rob Ryan. Those are rumors, whatever. But the Redskins, I I gotta applaud Kirk Cousins. They actually Ray. They play. 
the defense is week to week. The buys are the Browns, the Steelers, the Giants, and the Saints. Okay, so that was the fourth team, the Browns, who I couldn't figure out. And they're not firing anybody over the bye week like we've seen from other teams, too. But their situation is a complete mess. So, um, I mean, tell me, like, how do you understand Alfred Morris getting finally actually 15 carries for 92? Do you believe in Washington's defense and just – I mean, this team actually has some decent weapons and could maybe still compete for the NFC East. And other Saints, we just, they're buried. We have to bury them and, and, and really talk about Peyton potentially not being there next season. So, you know, I was never a Jay Gruden fan. I never thought he did anything. And I thought he got this job based on one great season of offense in Cincinnati and his brother and the success that, you know, is supposed to rub off by osmosis. Uh, so... <laughs> You know, anything that happens in Washington, to me, is almost, you know, in spite of this whole craziness that's happening there in the in the in the front office, the quarterback, right. the RG three fiasco, and whatever. So it turns out that they have some decent weapons, and I got to give him credit though. Kirk Cousins played a great game. I mean, that's about as good a game as he played. Twenty for twenty five, three twenty four, and four touchdowns, and really commanded the game. From the second quarter on, you you never thought that Washington was was in jeopardy of of this game even being close. So never give them give them kudos. What they're doing on offense with those three guys with Morris Jones and Thompson, I have no idea. Uh, but at least Kirk Cousins delivered. But it's kind of working though, right? You don't have to have an idea when it works. <laughs> I guess, you know, first few weeks of the season, they were running the ball and they were leading the league in rushing, so you thought that was their identity. And then Kirk Cousins started to throw a lot, and then Jordan Reed got hurt, and Pierre Garçon's been banged up. So I don't know who this team is, another team without an identity, but you know what? They're 4-5 and five in a division where the division leader is 5-4. and four. So Would you be shocked if they won the division? The whole year. Would you be shocked if they won the division? I wouldn't be sh- the only team I'd be shocked is if the Dallas Cowboys win the division. But that's not happening. <laughs> oh. But those other three teams, why not? It's a coin flip, really. They play each other. They, you know, any of those three can win the division. Yeah, you know, and real quick because we want to, you know, finish up the NFL. So your Cowboys, they give it up. That was disgusting. Give props to Jameis Winston. He's, uh, you know, but let me ask you, why didn't Dez jump? It's not like the receiver put like. People, you know, the defender didn't push him that much, if barely at all. It just seemed like Dez didn't even try to catch the ball. The castle threw up a Hail Mary. And two weeks ago, he jumped up and caught a great pass in the end zone. Like, to me, that was weird. Like, why did Dez not try to jump to catch the ball? I have no answers. I mean, he's he's <laughs> okay. a very competitive guy, and he usually doesn't just try to get the call. You know, he's not one of these savvy veterans that can't really beat you physically and tries to get the call. So, yeah, weird, I, I don't know. So, Carolina, strange. yeah, definitely strange. So, Carolina continues the pace. We'll talk about the undefeated teams now. Um, they put it on Tennessee. Tennessee is, I got to tell you, they – they're not so far away. Their defense plays hard. Carolina had to struggle to sort of win this game, even though it was 27-10. I got to say, Cam Newton's dance in the end zone, the choreography, everything, it was amazing. And, you know, the linebacker, who was much smaller than Cam, tries to break it up. And Cam's like, hey, you don't want me dancing in the end zone. Don't let me get there. But the Panthers, they're the best team in the NFL. I mean, shh, Panthers, Bengals, Super Bowl. NFL doesn't want it, but the fans, do you want it? Because that's what you might see. That's exactly what you what, might and see. These are some very interesting stories, those two teams. Um, and, you know, I'm partial to the Panthers. I went to that Super Bowl when they lost, the Janet Jackson Super Bowl, when they lost yeah. to uh, Bill Belichick and and Tom Brady. But you got to give the Panthers credit. They're doing it with smoke and mirrors on offense. And Cam Newton, of course. But to take Calvin Benjamin away, and Calvin Benjamin isn't even that established in the NFL. He had a great rookie season. No. You take him no. away, and then you take Funches away, and then you take Olsen, who's on the downside of his career, and you take Stewart. They got rid of uh, your boy D'Angelo, D'Angelo Brown, yeah. Sugar Babe, 
and they've got, you know, Tolbert and Stewart, guys that haven't been able to run consistently for years, consistently for years, and Riverboat Ron running that defense. I, you know what? They're doing it's it. Amazing. They're doing it. That's amazing. I, I don't think at the end they'll be, you know, 15-1. and one. I think they'll lose a few games in the second half of the season, but – Right now, there's no reason to think, you know, they shouldn't walk into every game thinking, hey, we're we're invincible. And what's great, Ray, Greg Olson, I think it was like 8 for 80, but it's like you know what's going to him, and he still has a productive week every week, and Cam still throws him, as, as Dilfer would say, dimes, and you can't stop it. So to me, that's what's most impressive, right? Like when you know, you know, we're we're, we're running left with Jim, Jim Jim Brown, right with Jim Brown, and you still can't stop it. It's the same thing with going to Olsen. So that's great. So before we get to Houston and Cincinnati and the Titans and Jaguars, we end Sunday and then we go forward. We end Sunday with the Super Bowl rematch twice over. The Patriots come to New York and beat Eli, the tale of two Mannings, because this Manning played his butt off. He outplayed Brady, 27 to 26. I, I guess I want to know, was it a catch? And then why didn't the other one catch it? So Odell, it, it kind of was a catch, but not by the rules. So maybe the rule needs to be changed. And then Landon Collins, how do you not catch that freaking ball? It was like a, a, you know, a fair catch on a punt. And the Giants had you know, the opportunity to win. They say if you had win. good hands, you'd be on offense. <laughs> That's amen. The joke. Uh, amen, amen, amen to that. Amen to that. But the sad note is Edelman broken foot out six to eight weeks. They just lost Lewis. They lost the you know uh, Solder. So those three injuries might actually wind up being the combination that could hold them back from winning at all. And maybe Edelman because they'll have that first round bye. Maybe he plays for the first time in the divisional round, and maybe he's not 100%, and maybe that's not enough. We'll see. What, what do you think with the Patriots and um, the Giants' misfortunes? So the Giants are kicking themselves. They've got to say to themselves, you know what, 5-5, five and five, we could have been 6-4. and four. We could have had 8-3. and three. Be Well, real. Eight, I'm saying just I, I mean, this game. Yeah, they should have, yeah. yeah, the Dallas game, the Atlanta game, yeah. So – you're kicking yourself if you're the Giants. You're saying to yourself, really, we can't close. We're a good team. We have all the veterans. We have a good mix of young and, and old and Eli and Coughlin. And, uh, now, in terms of the plays themselves, you know what? The NFL has to start over from scratch and really redefine Oof. the catches because it's, this is annoying it's bad, to right? me. It, you know, childish. you can be – it really is. So a few rules that I hate in the NFL. You know I hate the fumble into the end zone, and it's a touchback. Since when does that make sense? So if you're an offensive player and you have the ball on the one and you happen to fumble it forward and it goes in and out of the end zone, you lose the ball and the other team gets it at the 20? That makes no sense. And also this notion of a catch. If you catch the ball – like if you cross the ball, if the ball crosses the plane, if you just stick it over – then it gets hit out of your hand, no big deal. That's a catch. But you're telling – or that's a touchdown. But you're telling me that you need to catch the ball, gain possession, make a football move, do all of this. Make really? two steps, yeah. Too much, too much, too much. I, th- I think it's. I think you need to really redefine what I want what you to do is. some electric boogie, too. <laughs> catch you it know, and do like so, a, a – you know, do a worm or do like a little, you know, electric boogie move. It, it, too much. It's annoying. And we got to say this, Victor Cruz officially done for the season, having another surgery. We wish him well and, and hope he gets back. But I tell you, 361 yards, two touchdowns. Eli, I don't even know his middle name. I want to call him Jeremiah. Eli Jeremiah oh, Manning. Eli. <laughs> he is uh, – Eli's a Hall of Famer. You know, we debate it on the show all the time, but not just the two rings, but he will you – know you know what you love about me, uh, Eli? He can go blow for blow with any other great quarterback. You bring your greatest, and he steps up to that level. Do you know what I mean? We know he has bad seasons, bad games, bad interceptions, but when you put anybody at their best, Eli can match that, and that's so impressive to me. It really is. He will so. be the most frustrating Hall of Famer in, in Canton. <laughs> well, look, he's not going to go in the first two or three years, but by year four, Eli's got to go in. But let's talk about tonight, Ray. Because you've got 
a potential Hall of Famer in J.J. Watt against, you know, maybe a couple potential Hall of Famers in Alderon Jeremiah Green, who I don't need to do well in fantasy tonight in one league, and then in the another league I need A.J. to get me plenty of points. That's a whole other conversation. Can the Texans, the spread is like, what, 11, 11 and a half? Can the Texans keep this somewhat close? For me, I don't think so. I like Hoyer, and he can move the ball, but the problem is Cincinnati is probably the healthiest team in the NFL. They've got continuity with the offensive coordinator who's been there now for a couple years, and before he was the coordinator there, before Jay Gruden left, he was the running back's coach. Jackman's got them so balanced. He's got Hill and Bernard doing what they're doing. Eifert, Jones, Sanu, A.J., and Dalton is just boom, 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 distributing, distributing. And to me, Houston can't keep up offensively. DeAndre Hopkins is, I think, second or third in the league in receiving yards. He's a stud. He's, you know, played amazing. They can't stay healthy on their offensive line or the running game. And the defense has been, eh. You know, even Watt, eh, you know, and he's having, don't get me wrong, statistically he's second, I think, or third in, in sacks. Justin Houston might have just passed him. We'll see what he does tonight. You know, so he's having a great season. But to me, Ray, this is 30-17. to 17. Bengals win. And I'm going to say it's Eifert. Eifert puts up about 97 and two touchdowns. That's it. You know, I think that this team might be looking ahead a little bit to next week when they play the Cardinals. Uh, mm. I don't think they'll lose the game, but I don't know if they'll be running on a, on all cylinders. And so maybe Houston can keep it close and stay within 10. You know, what's the spread you said, 11? Uh, yeah. It's possible. I think ultimately Cincinnati is just too much at home. I think I think they win 31-21. And my guy is Andy Dalton. I think he spreads the ball around, and, and in some ways they're very frustrating, right, because it can be Sanu one game, and it can be Eifert one game, and it can be, you know, A.J. Green one game, and it can be Bernard, it can be Jeremy Hill. So I, I think that the one constant is Andy Dalton, and his ne- name needs to be spoken about prominently in the MVP race, you know, along with Killer Cam and along with Palmer and along with Brady. I mean, this guy is doing it. And like I said, he is a regular season quarterback and he still has to prove it in the playoffs. But in terms of regular season production, this guy is consistently very, very good. So yeah. I think he'll be fine today. I think they'll put up 31. I don't think they'll run away from the Titans, but I think they'll, they'll win easily. Wait a minute, I'm getting conflicting reports right now. Is is it maybe a check? Has Rob Ryan been fired? I wouldn't be surprised. Let's see. Yeah, I saw an article here. Because earlier in the day, he wasn't. Well, big NFL news apparently that. Yeah, ESPN is not reporting it. Uh, no. Okay. So I think Real GM has it wrong, because they the, the, he came out and said earlier that uh, you know the reports were wrong. So maybe that's what that was, because other people were reporting it. So Titans Jaguars. Uh, maybe the most interesting thing on Thursday will be their jerseys on the NFL Network to see what these new mm-hmm. jerseys look like. Maybe I think it's all gold against all like light blue or whatever. Um, but I I think the Jags. I think we see the future with Mariota and Bortles, Bridgewater and Carr. We've got four young, pretty dynamic quarterbacks who I think will be the leaders of the the new way. And, of course, out of those four, I like Carr the best. But And then Winston, so five guys, and I like Winston as a leader. But Mariota's going to play a heck of a game. But I, I tell you, this Jaguar team, I think the Allens, right? You get your Allen wrench. Hearns and Robinson, they're really good. And Julius Thomas is getting healthier each week and starting to play better. Yeldon's good. Tennessee's got that scrappy defense and Delaney Walker, Antonio Andros, that's it. This will be like a, a fight, a bully fight, and, and the maybe the worst team wins. <laughs> so I'm going to take but the I Jaguars. But I think actually a good team. I think that no, yeah, record yeah. will be deceptive. I think they're decent, right. especially on offense. They have They've potential. Been in a lot the of defense needs – 
the defense needs a little bit more help. But you're right, they, they, they come at you, and it doesn't matter who you are. Each week they come at you. So I'm going to take the Jaguars 20-17, to 17, and I'm going to say my guy for the week is Allen Robinson, like every other week. I say he gets six for 90 and a touchdown, and it's good enough for me for fantasy. All right, I think this game's in Jacksonville Thursday night. Yeah. I think Jacksonville takes care of business. I think they have a pretty easy time of it, actually. I think they'll win mm. 27-17. And my guy is the other Allen, Allen Hearns. Doesn't get enough Hearns. credit. Robinson's got the better upside, and people like his physical tools. But I like this kid, Allen Hearns, quietly. Same name, different game, but he does <laughs> he does his thing. Hold on, I think we have a caller. Let's see what the caller has to say. He wants to talk some NFL potentially. Hello, caller. You're on the air with Ray and Tay. Hey, guys. This is Steve. How is everybody? Hey, Steve. How good, you doing? Good. Where are you calling from? Hey, guys. I'm calling from Central Florida. Hey, how you doing? There you go. Guys, I'm maintaining. Uh, first of all, you know, I, I respect all the football that's going on, and I want to get to that in a second. But, uh, I mean, the biggest biggest sporting event of the weekend and the biggest shock that's dominating the internet and the social media is Ronda Rousey getting knocked out. If you guys covered any of that, I mean, you don't even have to be an We MMA did it at the top of the show. The, no, the top of the show, we talked about it. It is shocking. And what's even more shocking is, I think, the response on the internet where you saw such some people were happy that she lost, even famous people. And then you had such compassion and almost pity for her because she's become this popular pop culture icon that they were shocked that, oh, she got kicked in the neck and she lost. Well, guess what? She's a fighter. And this is what she does. She's just been so dominant, you know? So it, well, it, it's, it's interesting. Guys, when I watched the pay-per-view and I saw her get the punch, the straight left hand, and then the kick to the back of the neck to the, to the ear and go down – and she was lying there unconscious. All I could think about was just jerking off all over her face. And how much in food stamps does the black guy on your show get a month, by the way? Um, that's some- all, all right. right. we got to cut this go. guy off. Yeah, yeah, we got to cut this guy <laughs> off. That's so, unacceptable. Yeah. I, I I wondered if he was going to be sort of, a, you know, a, a fool, but I wasn't sure. But anyway, so we're done with the NFL, and it was a great week. We both got the Jags, but it's all about college football now. And I think what was fascinating to me, the top four teams – they basically, you know, all sort of held their place, and we'll see tomorrow night with the rankings how they're going to do. But I think out of those four, Alabama taking care of Mississippi State was the most dominant. And Derrick Henry basically said, I'm the, base, I'm the front runner of the Heisman, you know, and respect me, and that's it. That's how I, that's how I come away with this week, you know, in terms of those, those top four. Tell me what you thought in terms of Oklahoma, how far you think they're going to go up with beating Baylor, and may probably the end and demise of the Pac-12 in terms of Stanford and Utah losing, which we both basically predicted on our Friday show. Yeah, you know, we thought that you could basically hand the Heisman to Leonard Fournette. Not two weeks ago we were ready to hand it to him. And, and then Bama ended Henry that. <laughs> out, yeah, Bama ended that, and 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 Henry outrushed him two ten to thirty one on national TV, and then Fournette gets another loss. Turns out LSU is probably not that good, and they shouldn't be a top ten team. Maybe they're a ten to fifteen team. Les Miles always puts together good defenses, and and uh, Fournette is is a special runner, but Derek Henry now looks to be. He looks to be now inevitable, right? Uh, I guess if they lose a game or two more, uh, maybe Deshaun Watson can come in there or, or somebody else. Uh, but ultimately, it's his to lose. I mean, Alabama looks tremendous in every position except quarterback. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's the only reason why they're not running away with this. Um, because I just don't think Coker is at the caliber of you know national championship quarterbacks past. But they may win a national championship in spite of him. So Alabama looks like they are the team. If you're really honest with yourself and you're a team and you're playing for the national championship, 
You'd rather play Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, anybody but Alabama. Uh, I just think that they're that good. And Nick Saban, you give him, what, 35, 40 days to prepare. Alabama, all day. I mean, you just have to be worried about facing Alabama. So, Well, especially with the them. defensive line and Coker being, I think, maybe productive or solid enough. And give Lane Kippen a little bit of credit. But when you can lean on Henry, you know, it, it opens things up for Coker to, you know, really, you know, move the safeties around with the play action pass. And honestly, right now, the team that I think that might join them, you know, and he, they've joined the conversation with the one loss is Oklahoma. And so I don't know if Oklahoma jumps Oak State yet, but in the rankings, you know, Oklahoma and Oak State could wind up being basically like five and six. You know, Michigan State and Stanford lose, so they're, you know, going to drop down. I mean, Michigan State lost the week before, but Stanford, you know, loses. Utah, so it'll be fun. And then Baylor loses. Oh, that's a long way to go, though. They're they're 12. They do, but they were 12, and they just beat six. Right. Right. And then, but the next week they play TCU, who's still ranked, and then they play uh, Oak State. So I think, and remember that, you know, the way that they're, they're respected is because they play both sides of the ball. They're top 15 in the nation and offense and defense, and you kind of saw that on the field. That Baylor game was awesome. They win 44-34, and, you know, it's Perrine, it's, it's, and also now the Heisman uh, conversation has to open up to Fournette, Elliott, Henry, and Baker Mayfield. Hello, I'm here, and Baker was a stud on Saturday night, and I think Oklahoma is legit. Now, could they leapfrog Notre Dame? Well, Notre Dame still got to beat Stanford, right? But if they lose to Stanford, then that opens it up for Oklahoma and the Big 12 winner. If not, well, then the Big Four, yeah, the Big Four will be what it is now. Yeah, and also Stanford's loss makes them less impressive yeah. as a victory if Notre Dame beats them. So, yeah, you're right. I think the Pac-12 is done. The Pac-12 is not going to have a, a representative in the uh, in the final four, right, in, in the college Which football. is a shame, right? Because they thought that this was the year for them and that they were ready after the great season last year to sort of step up to the level with the SEC, and that's what they were touting. And they've eaten each other, you know, alive like a bunch of cannibals, and it's been a dud season for the Pac-12. really has. And, um, yeah, it's so, a little bit, of, little bit of injury, a little bit of a misfortune, but, yeah, you're right. No, definitely. And give Houston credit. You said it. I thought Memphis might beat them, and, and Houston was down. They came back. They beat Memphis. Them and Navy will move up. I think the one game that you've got to think about that's going to be fascinating is North Carolina. Now, normally it's basketball, but this football team is pretty good. They should be way higher than 23rd. We'll see how high. I think the committee brings them all the way up to like 15 or 14. They really? spanked wow. Miami. 59-21, yeah, because they've been misranked before. This is a good team. And they're going to be in the um, ACC championship, and they're going to give Clemson all they can handle. I'm telling you, I love Deshaun Watson, and my mistake for not mentioning him, he's in the competition too for the Heisman. But the Tar Heels, Ray, they, uh, they play some football. <laughs> you know, they, they, they're playing some football. So it, it's going to be fun. It's definitely going to be fun. I think either way, tomorrow night, will bring more controversy, more fun. I want to see where Navy's ranked. They keep moving up and winning. So kudos to them, you know. So we'll just end with the NBA, you know, and Warriors 11-0, and Sixers 0-10. You know, the, the both who's of them gonna, continue. Who's going to win? Who's going to change that first, right? Who's gonna, are the, will the Warriors lose before the Sixers win? Or will the Sixers win the, before the I think Warriors the Sixers win? win before the Warriors lose. Yeah, I think so. I just Which think is, that holding that undefeated – I mean, the record is, what, 15 in a row for to start a season, and obviously the seven, the 95-96 Bulls were 72-10. and 10. So those are the two things that everybody's talking about for the Golden State Warriors. We talked about this off air. I just think that they shoot a lot of jumpers, and they're making a ton of threes. And now they're good yeah. threes. They're assisted threes. They're not – you know, necessarily contested threes, but I don't know that you can win 72 games like that. I mean, they'll win 68, you know, still a, an unbelievable season. 
but all credit is due to them. You know what? They're doing great. Yeah. Steve Kerr's not even there on a regular basis. You know, they've got uh, – They win in overtime against the Nets the even team. when they get pushed. You know, when they yeah. get pushed and Andre hits the three at the buzzer. They're so By cool, calm, and collected. Did you like – you know, uh, we talked about Doc Rivers and Austin Rivers. Well, Del Curry just saw his son – Steph Curry pass him on the all-time yes. NBA three-point list. How proud That's are you awesome. as a That's, father? You got, your yeah, son Del Curry, him. and we respect Del Curry the heck out of him. He was a great player, and it's great to see. It's great to see you know these teams ball out, and you feel bad. Brooklyn, the Sixers, the Pelicans. You've got to believe the Pelicans would turn it around, but hey, the Knicks beat them the other night. The Knicks. Knicks are playing some good ball, man. You know, look, Cleveland, the Hawks, the Cleveland losing overtime to Milwaukee. So the NBA is heating up, and we'll start to focus more on the NBA. It's still football time. We'll get to some college hoops when that heats up. But a great show, a lot of fun. You know, watch some good NBA games tonight, the NFL, Monday Night Football. It's going to be a good sports week. You know, look out. You know, just enjoy, like, you know, like I told Oren and, and Ray the other night, you know, the Portland, Utah, Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors, they're everywhere. So it's a, there's a lot of good players and teams to watch. So enjoy it. And we'll be back Friday to talk about Thursday night football and to preview a big NFL Week 11 and a huge Week 12 college football. Thanks for listening. Have a great sports week. Peace. We're out.